When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. England versus India. The Cricket Badger Test Match Daily Podcast. Can Joe Root's England dominate on home soil? Five mouth-watering test matches. Can Virat Kohli's India conquer the final frontier? Loving to talk test cricket every day. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Cricket Badger Test Match Daily, England against India. I am James the Cricket Badger. And pleasure to say I am joined by Abai. Welcome back, Abai. Been a while. Yes, thank you. Thanks a lot. And uh, good to be a Badger again. And uh, also joined for the first time. You might have heard him on the County podcast that we've been doing. But Mark is with us as well. Mark, it's good to have you on these ones. Yes, yeah, good to be uh, talking about something different than County Cricket. So I'm looking forward to it, James. And we've got Anand on as well. We we welcome back the other day. So I won't go uh, overboard with Anand as well because he's back and his feet are under the table. But we are. I tweeted earlier on this afternoon, chaps, that whatever the outcome of this, whether it rains all day tomorrow, regardless of who wins it, whether it goes into a tame draw, which is unlikely if there is full a full day's play, ain't Test Cricket fantastic? Anand, we are absolutely it's it's a joy to watch isn't it this game we may have lost a bit of time with the rain and everything like that but it is beautifully poised if England take a load of wickets in the morning session India are under the pump if India have another sort of 50 for one session then they are favourites it's a fantastic test match it's absolutely riveting and also test crickets allows you to see how you know some the game plans kind of come out you can see how bowlers set up batsmen you can sort of see how the batsmen are thinking you know at this point this match seems very evenly poised it could go either way like you mentioned so yeah this is by far you know my most favorite format and just absolutely love you know loving every ball of it the red ball stuff mark it does give you these sways in ascendancy doesn't it you know one team gets on top the other team fights back england were down and out after day one we were all criticizing their batsmen we'll come to that in a second but they fought back hard i mean that joe root century today we haven't learned too much by that because we knew that joe root was the best of the english batsmen but it was a terrific knock from him yeah i think it was one of his best centuries to be honest with you in the conditions, uh, the quality of the Indian bowlers. I thought all the Indian seamers bowled well all day. You know, England were under the pump. You, you know, Joe Root held the side together. And I think from a technical point of view, he's one of the best innings I've seen him play. So I thought it was a, an outstanding effort. And as you said, the Test Match cricket is the only format where you can get that unravelling of events like that and the different narratives. So Root was brilliant today. 
you could see as well, Mark. I mean, I've, I've watched Joe Root a lot ever since he was a teenager, but I've seen him celebrate centuries, but that was a proper celebration today. He looked like he thought that was a really good knock. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a really good knock. I mean, I think that I, find, I think the Indian attack is really strong. Um, I think it's probably, as, not, as they're all round attack, they're missing Ashwan, who's not playing. It's probably India's probably strongest attack possibly they've ever had in history, I would imagine, given the quality of the seamers. I mean, historically, India have never been renowned for producing a number of seamers on batch and quick bowlers, etc. But now they have a full battery of them and uh, spinners as well. So as an all-round attack, I think, you know, very challenging the conditions today. And I think it meant a lot to Rue, particularly when all the other batsmen were collapsing around him. So, you know, it's extra special for him to keep us in the game. Same old, same old for um, for for Root, isn't it? I mean, I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall inside his head at times because you must wonder how he's thinking when he's batting and he looks like he's finding a different, playing a different match than the the other England batsmen. You as he watches the rest of them, Josh Butler not play a shot and sees off stump removed, and the rest of them walking off after playing nice little cameo knocks of 22, which are never going to win a test match on their own. You must wonder what's going through his head in terms of frustration. It must be quite uh, demoralising at times. Uh, I mean, he's a really cheery chap, Joe Root. His glass is always half full, but it must be quite hard to maintain that smile at times. Yeah, I mean, it must be incredibly frustrating for him. Not just in the sense that, you know, he can see himself getting runs and the others not. Just the whole coming into the test match with players not having had first-class knocks since February, March, you know, having to play 100 games for a test match. I mean, he's the red ball captain. You know, underneath it, he must be very frustrated by the whole, the way he finds the whole situation in terms of the schedule of England cricketers and the prioritisation of the white ball and so forth. But all he can do is go out there and score his runs. That's all he can do. And I think today, what you, what you saw there was somebody in control of his technique and trusting his technique, uh, whereas the other players... I don't think they can trust their own techniques, and they, they you know, they haven't got the the mental ability to be able to to progress in, in many respects. So, so yeah, it must be incredibly frustrating for him. But um, all they can do is go out there and score the runs. Ah, boy, as Mark uh, just uh, alluded to, there, this is a very strong India seam attack, isn't it? And there's kind of almost a, a common misconception or some kind of thing after the um, winter tour where the tracks were very spin friendly. English fans were sort of saying, right, we'll bring India back to England. We'll put green seamers and we'll beat them on the green seamers. But that, uh, I mean, obviously Broad and Anderson and Robinson are very good as well. But India aren't too far behind if they're behind at all in terms of their seam attack. Yes, uh, absolutely. I don't think they're behind. Probably it's neck and neck. I would actually go on to say that India is in a better seam bowling stock position. Uh, If you really see, I'm also going to take uh, Ravi Ashwin's name, but Ashwin and Ishan, are warming the bench right now. So India, I, I would rate India's bowling attack. I like both sides, but I'd rate India's bowling attack a little a notch higher because they've got plenty of, uh, you know, match-winning reserve, uh, people on the reserve bench as well. So uh, I would say India is, uh, and the point you were referring to, you prepare a seeming track or a spinning track, India is going to be a strong opponent for anybody. So yes, I agree with you. India is strong and they've got a strong bowling attack. I've been tweeting all day today about my frustrations with England's top order and, and below the middle order as well. Everybody apart from Joe Root, basically, in that uh, that batting lineup. As Indian fans, and I'll come to uh, Anand in a second as well on the same subject, how do you see this England top order? I mean, you must be, to a degree, rubbing your hands with play. I mean, I know Indians have got this inflated idea about how, how good Joss Butler is because he 
see you see him in the white ball knocking the ball around. You see him in the IPL knocking the ball around. But at Test match level, I still have my doubts about Josh Butler. Um, I think he's had a very poor Test match in in this first Test. How do you see that England batting lineup? And I mean, we mentioned that the strength in India's bowling attack. They they seem to be having more than their fair share of success against them. And good you mentioned about your tweet because I actually pounced to reply on that uh, that tweet uh, from my Twitter handle because uh, I think in England. Uh, we were comparing the bowling attacks in the previous question. Now it's about the batting. And I would say England has got depth with Burns, Sibley, uh, Crawley, Pope, Lawrence. Of course, Pope is injured now. I think uh, it's not that easy. As we discussed, India's bowling attack is very, very strong. So it's not that easy on them. And they're all talented. So England, England should stick with them. Because even if they fail today, tomorrow they will give good returns is what I believe as a fan, as a neutral fan right now. Coming to the second part of the you're question... Not a, you're, not is, a, you're not a neutral fan, you're an Indian fan. <laughs> yes, but uh, since I'm staying abroad for so many years, I'm probably shifting towards... He's in, he's in, uh, he's in, Cop- he's in Copenhagen at the moment, listeners, and he usually lives in Sweden. So, he, But that doesn't give you the right to say you're neutral. You are supporting India. Probably deep down inside my heart. <laughs> Anand, in terms of England's top order, I, I don't share the same opinion as Abai. And I saw Mark's face kind of like smiling, half smiling there as Abai was answering that. I think England, my my view is with England that we've given a number of these players quite a lot of rope. They've had a lot of opportunities and they have done nothing more than being average or worse so far in terms of their returns for England. Yes, Rory Burns has scored a, a few centuries. Yes, Zach Crawley scored 267. Yes, Dom Sibley has had a couple of patient beginnings. But overall, if you look at their entirety as England players, they are not really returning what an England top-order batsman should do. And this is the England Test team. This is Test cricket. This is the very best. And you're going to get good balls in Test cricket. And it seems to me that a lot of the English batsmen are getting out to those good balls and then saying, well, that's a good ball. But you're going to get good balls in test cricket. What would you do if you're an England selector, Anand? If I was to make you an England selector, you'd probably pick all of them because it would make India favourites. But if you were the Indian England selector with the right motives, what would you do? I'm a huge fan of giving players a long rope. We definitely want to see, you know, what they can do. And you really want to give them that confidence to say, look, if you fail in a couple of matches, we are not going to take you out. However, it does look like some of these folks have had, you know, a little bit of a run in the in the squad. And now you got to make it count, right? So certainly are they chinks in the armor? They certainly are. I look at somebody like a Sibley and I wonder whether for English conditions, I wonder, I think that he actually is a great opener because he's going to see the new ball off and he's going to, you know, kind of hold one end up. And you clearly see how well Joe Root sort of plays with him. I think uh, there was a stat out there about partnerships with Sibley and Root and looks like Sibley, you know, certainly allows Joe Root to kind of play that role where he keeps the score, uh, the scoreboard ticking and Sibley is sort of like a, like a wall as such. But I think with Burns and Crawley, you know, certainly I think there's some chinks in the armor there. Also, I think, you know, when we look down the English batting order, a lot of depth, however, some inexperience, Stokes being out, uh, I think does create some issues. It's a big miss because it makes it just could completely compromises the balance of that side. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And not just from a bowling standpoint, from a batting standpoint, because apart from Root, I think Stokes is the second best batsman in the team. The only thing I'd come back with, Alans, is that surely you should be, as a test side, you should be ready for anybody being missing. I mean, I, I fear with England at the moment that if Joe Root was injured, we would you might as well not turn up because <laughs> who else is going to get the runs? Ben Stokes being injured, again, it compromises England's test side. There should be nobody in that side who is 
totally indispensable. And at the moment, there are two, well, two we mentioned there, and the bowlers, you can probably make a case for Anderson as well. And, uh, and Ollie Robinson is making himself increasingly indispensable too. But you should be able to cope with the, the loss of a, of a player or two, shouldn't you? Uh, you certainly should. And I think on the bowling squad, actually, you got decent depth. Look how well Australia, um, England, India did in Australia when their entire team was decimated. They still won the series. And that was going to be one other point was, you know, you definitely need people to come in and kind of plug those gaps, right? People do go in and out of form and that is certainly going to happen. This is the most bowling friending era in a while in test cricket. You know, certainly we'll leave the uncovered pitches and stuff out like that. But, you know, if you look at the, the aughts and the 2010s or so, this is actually a very good bowling friendly era. So there are going to be batsmen who won't have those averages in the 50s. But, you know, it looks like I see Haseeb, uh, uh, Haseeb Hamid walking around like a young Al Pacino outside those grounds. So it looks like, you know, maybe they're, the England's taking a good look at him. So maybe, you know, he has a chance to come in, uh, you know, in the top order, whether it's for Crawley or Burns, but looks like he might have a shot there. And, you know, Lawrence, it feels almost like give him a little more, uh, give him a bit more rope and see how it goes. I quite like Dan Lawrence, I must admit. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. There seems to be, Mark, at the moment, England have a tendency with these young pups that they are blooding and trying to get some get some mileage in and trying to get them experience so they can get better and hopefully blossom. The Crawleys, the Popes, the um, the Lawrences, they have a great knack of getting a beautiful looking 22 and then getting out, don't they? They do. And, um, you know, you have to, you know, there's only so many chances you can give some of these players. And I think... Someone like Zach Clark, that Zach Crawley, he's 23 years of age, so he's he's you know he's young enough to come again. He needs to, I say, he needs to go back to county cricket and score runs. There is no county cricket for him to score runs, so that's quite difficult. But you know, he averages, you know, when he came into the side, he averaged 30 in first-class cricket. You know, he averages 29 in Test match cricket on the basis of one big score. He hasn't got a load of sons in county cricket. So, well, since since yeah. he made that 267 mark, he's averaging just over 10. Yeah, he's, I don't. I just. I don't think you know. If we did have the options, we don't have. You know, we we talk about who we're going to replace Root with. Had you just said James or you know Stokes or whatever. When you look round, there just isn't the players there at the moment. England have lost a lot of batsmen over the last five or six years. Cook, Strauss, Peterson, all those types of players over the last decade have gone. You know, the only person who's really come in is Root um, to a large degree. You know, they're picking players on potential and win. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I think with someone like Zach Crawley, I just don't think at the moment he should be in the test side. I think with Zach Crawley, there is definite signs he's got talent. There's no doubt about that. But he's not 
performing and you can't just have passengers in the England test team. This is the England test team. You should be, you should be looking to striving to be excellent and um, yeah. not be, not happy, not be happy with averages of 30 at the top of the order. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's definite scope with Zach Crawley to say to him, look, Zach, we value you go back to Kent for a year. You've used this experience you've had in the test arena. Take that with you, go back to Kent, score some runs, work on your game and you'll come back stronger when you're late 24s, 25, you've still got, 10 years left at test level and you could be even better for this. Yeah, he's obviously got talent though. I mean, he can play shots all around the wicket. He's, you know, he started in his innings last year. He only shows flashes of talents when he gets his 25. But, you know, as you say, you know, it should be a meritocracy being in the England side. He shouldn't be just picked on women. I don't think Crawley should be there. I don't think Sibley's got the class to be a test test opener. You know, you need more than just to be able to stick around. I mean, openers in the past that have stuck around have also been able to score rotate the strike. I mean, talking like people like Michael Averton, for example, in the past. Or... And, and that's what Joe Root does so like. I mean, that innings today, it wasn't all fours and, and glorious shots. He's so good at just getting the bat, angling it down into the offside, into a gap and getting himself down the other end. Dom simply doesn't have that, does he? He doesn't have, he doesn't have the shots. He's been found out. He doesn't He doesn't have any shots in, apart from shoving it to the leg, leg side or trying to squirt it down. If you bowl, bowl reasonably straight at him, that's it. He, he hasn't, he's opened himself up a bit. And strangely enough, today, when he went for a drive, he got out. <laughs> so it was a bit of an odd situation. That, that was the first time he played an attacking shot against... The first time he played an attacking shot, he got yeah. out. I don't think he's, you know, you need players who can... You know, obviously stay there, but rotate the strike. No, Averton did that in the past. Jeffrey Boycott did that in the past. I mean, people used to say Jeffrey was slow, but he'd get a century in six hours. I couldn't see Sibley getting a century in six hours. He might be 17 or out, 60. He just doesn't doesn't install confidence. And, and he's had a lot of chances. Um, so, I mean, I can see him being vulnerable for the next Test match. I think Burns will survive because he got 100 against... Um, I, I'm torn on Rory Burns because I think... There are signs that he's got real fight, real character, real determination. I just think there's so many moving parts in that technique that when he's slightly off the boil, there's so much that can go wrong with it, isn't there? And at the moment, he's not judging where his off stump is. And But there's enough there in terms of his character for me to think, well, I don't want to totally bin him just yet. And the thing with Rory Burns is if you bin him, then that might be his last opportunity. Whereas obviously with the likes of Crawley and Pope and Lawrence and stuff, they can come again. But can Burns come again? Possibly not. No, I wouldn't have been Burns at the moment. You can't you can't make too many changes. And and anyway, you're gonna bring in. I mean, we keep talking about binning players, but before the show I was looking, you know, the types of players who you'd be talking to to bring in. Obviously they've got Hamid there who could come in and replace Sibley, but even Hamid is a bit of a kind of punch in the dark. He had three very poor years at Lancashire. He's gone to Notts, got a few few runs. You know, he really are kind of again backing in to be like he was in 2016. And we're not certain of that at the moment. Um, but, you, but you're never going to find out unless you try, are you? No, you're never going to find out unless you try. And they've obviously seen him. And I, I, I hope he, you know, because he's a fabulous player. I've watched him all his career at Lancashire until he went to Notts. So I really do hope he comes back and really, really takes the ball by the horns and scored runs. But it is a bit of a shot in the dark. And the reason they've done that is because actually there isn't much else out there. I mean, well, I'll, I'll throw a few names at you that I was talking about on commentary today. Tom Abel at Somerset. Um, good top order batsman, seems to have a lot about him, still quite young. You've got David Milan, um, now at Yorkshire, who I think is now a better player than he was when he played Test cricket for England the first time around and can use that experience to 
kind of know what to expect when he comes back in this time around. So there's two there. James Vince is another who I think is a terrific player. And yes, I know that a lot of people, if I said James Vince would say, well, he gets nice looking 20s and then flashes outside of his off stump and gets out. And yes, that has been true in the past. But I think the signs with James Vince that, I mean, if you look at James Vince all the way through his career, every time he stepped up a level, he's taken a while to get used to it. But then once he has cracked it, he's kicked on and been really good. And I don't think England had didn't give him quite the rope that they've given some of the other top order players that have uh, been tried since then. So there's Vince as well there, potentially. Hamid's obviously another one who I'd love to see get a chance because if he is a proper test player, if he is anything like he was when he was baby boycott a few years ago, then he is a top a proper test player. And he's obviously gone to knots. He's got a new lease of life, scored runs for them. And importantly as well, in that county select 11, scored runs against India. So he's shown he can do it against their attack as well. So I think there's four there that um, potentially could come into the into the mix? Yeah, I mean, Hamid, I think, you know, the, the, I think he'll play in the next Test match, Hamid, one way or the other. And I do, I do hope he shows the form that he used to show at Lancashire and he's obviously showed a little bit at Nottinghamshire. And he did get that son against India. James Vince, I don't know. I mean, he looks a great player. I mean, I've seen him score hundreds as well. He looks a fabulous player. He can go back and have another punt in him, I suppose, but... I don't know about that. Same with any of these. And it's the same with Bairstow as well, who's come back into the side. If you bring somebody back in, you can't just bring them back in for one game and then sort of say, thanks for coming by again. You've got to give them a, a run, haven't you? This is a tough run as well. You know, you bring somebody into this setup now, they're playing India for another four test matches and then they're going to an Ashes series. And regardless of how good Australia are at the moment, that's always going to be a tough one. So you're asking them to play potentially nine test matches, their first nine test matches against two of the two best sides in the world or two of the best sides in the world. And I think now they brought Bairstow back. Um, I think he's been messed around by England quite a lot. I think his best form, obviously, when he was Ricky Keeper batsman, they took that off him. He's been up and down the order. He has got some technical flaws. He gets bold too often, but he's been working on that. I'd keep him in. I mean, he looks, in the two innings he's played, he looked a better batsman um, than the others apart from Root. I mean, he looked, he's got natural class. Um, it's, a, it's a low bar mark, but he was the second best batsman on show, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And therefore, he's got the experience. I would keep him in for the five tests now, see how he goes, see if he can recapture his form uh, from a few years ago. Because you have to remember, for a, for a period of time, he was averaging in the mid to late 40s for England. Mm. Um, and it was he, do, he does seem to be particularly marmite Johnny Bairstow because you mentioned him on social media and obviously I, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for him because I'm a Yorkshire fan and um, and work for the club and saw him come through as a youngster I know how good he is and we've seen how good he is in white ball cricket you don't play like that in white ball cricket and be a bad player so um, and he and he has good runs as you said in the past but as soon as you mention his name people say well he's only averaged 22 in the last three years but he's been so messed about by England I, I think Johnny Bairstow he deserves a run in the side, at least for, at least this entire series against India. And I think if you gave him that run and gave him that a set position in the in the lineup, and they knew what he was actually turning up to do each time, I think you'd probably see a, a very good player. And I, I agree. I think he, you know, he'll he'll be really disappointed. I'm sure Johnny Bairstow after this Test match when he looks back at it that he didn't turn a 29 and a 30 into a a 50 or a 60 because that's what yeah. you get. That's what you get remembered for. and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger. 
Let's move on to India. Um, Abai, when we rock up tomorrow at Trent Bridge, um, obviously been a, a, a decent start for it for India. I, I felt this this evening session at the end of day four um, was potentially quite key because the ball was doing a little bit. The lights were on. It was overcast. India getting themselves through to 52 for one at close of play with um, KL Rahul, the only victim of um, Stuart Broad. He he went just before close there. Pajara came in and looked a bit dodgy early on, but got himself to 12 and Rohit resumes on 12, not out as well. The fact they only lost one wicket in that session, I think is um, potentially quite key in that, that chase of 209. Oh, yes. Uh, I think uh, India would be the happier side if you really see at the close of the play. They uh, did not let uh, the English tail score that many runs, even though it was a great effort from Root and uh, other people around him uh, to fight back and make a match out of this test match, as we discussed. Uh, India would be the happier side, I'd say. KL Rahul looked really good. And uh, the three boundaries which uh, Pujara has got, that will help them as well. There's a lot of playing and missing in that that passage of play, but you're going to get that when the ball's moving around a bit. But they they kind of rode their luck to a degree, didn't they? And they... I was going to say get, got away with a little bit. They did get away with a little bit. They played a mist and, and got away with it. But that will be a huge boost for them. Only three times at Trent Bridge as a team in the fourth innings chased 200 or more to win a test match. I mean, I know those stats are always there to be broken and added to and, and, and the rest of it. But it, yeah, chasing 200 plus in the fourth innings is never an easy task, is it? No doubt. It's not easy. And like you and Anand uh, just spoke of at the start of the podcast, uh, that uh, one good spell from the Englishman could make this match so so close and it could also mean that England, England might just win. So India have to avoid that. They don't have to, uh, they have to make sure they don't lose wickets in a bulk. And, uh, and it's Stuart Broad's home ground, even though he's been a little off this test match. You never know because he's, he just, when his tail is up, he just takes wickets in, in a bunch. If he runs in and takes eight for 15 like he did against Australia, it could be all over by half 11 tomorrow, couldn't it? Alan's, that that's the that's the key, isn't it? That that first, I mean, we talk about an important evening session today, but that first half an hour hour, it's kind of that cliche in cricket. The next uh, next session is always the uh, the important one, isn't it? But that first half an hour tomorrow, if India can get through that unscathed, um, or even just even maybe lose maximum of one wicket in that first half an hour, forty minutes, they're on the way, aren't they? Uh, first hour actually is going to be very important because uh, don't Broad and Anderson always mention that once the lacquer gets off from the new ball, it actually swings a little more. And we saw what Anderson can do. Uh, you know, when he got Kohli and Pujara, that was also, I think, a 30-odd 30, 30 overall ball. So, you know, you know that the quality is there in the English attack. So I think, you know, certainly the danger exists. And I think this is going to be a very key inning for Pujara. So Pujara has over the last couple of years has sort of slowed down. He has, he's kind of made his technique to a point where he's become very defensive and he's going to keep out as many good balls as he can. But eventually there is a ball that comes for his name. And that has sort of happened over this past year. And I think he has been, he did well in Australia, came back to India the first test in Chennai against England, I think he got a 70-yard. After that, he has just gone off the boil. I think he averages 10 and a strike rate of 26. So this is a key inning for Pujara. He's got to get that going. You know, he's obviously good enough. He's done this before. It's not the first time for him. It's time for him to stand up, weather that storm, and kind of take India through. Because they're all stroke makers all around him. Rahane, when he comes out in the fourth innings or when there's a chase, Rahane goes aggressive. You know, Pant knows only one way to bat. And Jadeja is very similar. So you kind of know, and Kohli, you know, being the master batsman can go one way or the other, but I think Pujara is the key. I, as well as you just hinted there, the the fact that it's a chase of two hundred and nine 
it's kind of always going to be in range to a degree, isn't it? You've got the likes of Pant that can come out and knock it off in two seconds flat. You've got Rahane, who's aggressive as well. He might need to look after his running between the wickets a little bit better, but he can be a very attacking player. Virat can, uh, can you know, is a very sensible player as well. You know, even if they've lost sort of five quick wickets, um, Jadeja can come out and have a bit of a bit of a hit to see if he can get them home. They're never going to really be out of it, are they? No, no, definitely not. I mean, there's certainly stroke players down the road. And Rahane is that one interesting sort of batsman because Rahane typically goes, you know, as goes at about 50 of a, a strike rate of 50. But in these chases, he did that against Australia. I think at, uh, in a, in a chasing as Australia, he just starts, you know, going for his shots. I think he did that even, you know, when we toured Australia this time. He's He's got that habit of going for it if the total gets smaller. So it's going to be, you know, very interesting. Hopefully the weather holds off because, uh, you know, right now both results are possible. Well, I guess all three results are possible right now. All four. There's four oh, results, yeah. Alan. The tie. Go. The tie. I never forget <laughs> the tie. Abai, I saw you shaking your head when I said the word Jadeja there. Was that... Uh, were you disagreeing with me? No, I was not disagreeing with the fact that Jadeja is capable. But I was disagreeing with the fact that India would hate to be in that position that Jadeja has to come and bail them oh, out. Oh, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying if it was, if that was the case, they they are never really going to be out of the hunt. You know, even they if won't be. Even if it's 100 they, runs still required, if Jadeja comes in, he could still get them home, couldn't he? Yeah, they won't be out of the uh, race. And uh, Jadeja is, of course, an asset. They've kept Jadeja for that reason. But uh, they'd like the, the top order to stabilize and get them through. Because uh, uh, panic can also set in if they're five down. And then Anderson and Rod can definitely be uh, very more lethal when they've you know, got set of wickets already. Uh, the bowling side could have an advantage when they when India is five down. Let's finish off today with um, a look ahead to tomorrow in terms of the weather. The forecast I've seen, and there's different platforms and everybody seems to do it a different way. And I cannot understand how we can get men on the moon. We can find a vaccine for COVID in, in the space of a few weeks. And yet we can't actually work out if it's going to rain tomorrow or not. But that's another story. Science, there's boffins around with big brains. Surely they can tell me. That's going to be a factor. I mean, on the forecast I've seen as we've gone through this test match so far, it's always said it's going to be Armageddon tomorrow in terms of the weather. And then we get to tomorrow and it's not. It says it's going to be Armageddon from about three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Thunderstorms, lightning, heavy rain, all kinds of stuff. Match could have been over by then and completed by the time the rain comes. But in terms of India's chase, Virat's made a big point of the fact that they'll always go for it. Um, He did it. He repeated it on his interview with um, DK on the uh, Sky coverage the other day that... Um, he'd prefer to go down losing, having fought for it, rather than just kind of defend it. And if they do lose a bit of um, a bit of play to rain tomorrow, what's achievable in terms of a chase? Will they get into full one-day mode and try and knock it off in a few overs? Well, if it's rain and there've been thunderstorms, isn't the is, is the question then is is the ball hooping around? If it is, then I actually say go into one day mode and start taking your shots because you don't, you know, there's eventually going to be a ball that's coming for you that you won't be able to keep out. So at that point, I say, hey, let's go for it. Be aggressive and try to see what we can accomplish. I do think if the weather is nice, then you take a nice measured approach. Try to see what's, you know, how the pitch is behaving, what the bowlers are up to, and then go from there. We obviously seen that the pitch has sort of evened out a little. This, you know, today's play, we didn't see a lot of seam movement or a lot of swing. Uh, so, you know, it should be interesting what happens. But I think the weather is a key. Humidity makes the biggest difference to swing, doesn't it? In, in terms of um, Virat's approach, and that's got a, almost ultra-aggressive approach, Shabai, are you, as an Indian fan, happy with that? Do you like to see that Indian play, India playing that way? Yes, I'm, uh, I'll am i be uh, quite happy if India plays aggressive. Uh, I I quite agree with Anand's answers. 
uh, if the weather is nice, they can take a measured approach. But if it's uh, if weather affects the game, I'd like India to be aggressive, and I like what Virat said uh, because beating England is quite important for India. The series is quite important for them. They don't have uh, Archer now. Stokes is ruled out, so they won't get a better opportunity. And most of this Test match, India's had an upper hand, so they'd like to utilize and get get one zero up over England. Yeah, Anna, whenever you've spoken about that victory in, in Australia or, and, and Neil's done the same thing, you've said that the previous victory in Australia, there's always been an asterisk next to the uh, the victory with like Warner and Smith missing some paper gate, whatever. Are we going to see that if India win this series? It's going to be asterisk, Joffre out, Stokes out, Wokes out. I'm actually on the other side of that because certainly Smith and Warner were missing last time, but you play who's on the park at that point. You know, I think you, and you know, then would this victory that India did against Australia with half the team back home and injured, would this get double points? You know, I, I pretty much think you play the people who are on the park and the victory is a victory. So I think this is still a, you know, if India does well in this tour, I think it would be a fairly remarkable victory considering I think the last time we won and I, could be wrong is 2007 yes that's right so you know it's been a while and, and it's been and and the last two times injury have come to these shores it's been 4-0-4-1 exactly so you know then you know we all talk about getting some moral victories in the 4-1 loss you know india certainly did well there were some very captivating uh instances of play there where it could have gone either way but it's time for this team to get going uh you know Kohli certainly, you know, is going to be around for a bit, but I think some of these folks are also starting to get a little older. Kohli, Rohit, Pujara, Rane, all are in their 30s, you know, so it should be interesting. I think this is the time to go for it. Quick answers, and all three of you are going to bring in on this one. Abai, obviously pleased with the way India have gone. India probably are in the box seat going into day five. How disappointing would you disappointed would you be if the rain did fall and deny India victory tomorrow? Very disappointed. on same question to you. Yeah, heartbroken. I think uh, it, this is a great opportunity. And Mark, different question to you. If England do manage to get out of this test match with a draw, with a rain or a victory by taking nine more wickets, should it paper over the cracks in terms of the weaknesses we talked about earlier? Absolutely not. You need to be looking to improve the side going forward. I actually think India will win tomorrow if it stays dry anyway. I think India will beat England in this series quite comfortably because I think they're a better side. And you've invested your own money in it as well. I know that from our WhatsApp chats. And the um, it's a good luck with that, but not good luck with that. I can't. I'm not quite sure if I'm behind you or with or against you on that. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I want you to do well, but I want England to do well. But then I want a good series. I don't know where I am. Uh, we'll find out more tomorrow because we'll see day five either with covers on if the, if Armageddon, the apocalyptic rain, does arrive and the thunder and lightning does come a heavy thunderstorm sometime early afternoon could actually put pay to the whole thing it might be called off quite quickly if there is a deluge um but good luck to anand and to abai good luck to india i only need those uh, few more runs tomorrow it should be a walk in the park good luck to mark i'm not sure if you want the look though do you you want india to win do you i want india to win i've got 200 quid on it <laughs> there's one of the England badges who's supporting India it's all gone all gone very confused <laughs> but uh, thank you all three of you for joining me on the uh, podcast today as I say we'll be back tomorrow we'll find out what happens we'll find out where this first test match goes we'll find out if India get off to the best possible start whether England can manage to salvage something from it or even get a victory 
Four more test matches to come. I have been looking forward to this series for a long, long time, as I keep saying on this podcast, and it is not letting me down so far. Hopefully the rain doesn't come and spoil day five of test match number one. Whatever happens, I will talk to you with three of our fan badges after play tomorrow. I will look forward to speaking to you then. Thanks for listening. Join us after every day of this England versus India test series. We will see you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.